I think I told you to look at one of my, uh, that I was speaking, to listen to one of my tapes. Is that you? I think it was you. <laughs> Hi, everybody, Glenn Alcoholic. Hi, Those who care to, please join me in serenity prayer. God, God in serenity, accept the things I cannot change. Courage, change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Hey, Reuben. 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 Sit down. Hey, Scott. Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, Dick. Big Dick. <laughs> Don't pretend like you're getting coffee now. Come on, guys. Get your seat, boy. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Glenn Alcoholic. And, uh, you know, in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a part in there that says... Uh, that uh, the individuals in the back of the book, each individual describes in their own language and from their own point of view how they establish a relationship with God. From their own point of view and in their own language. Right? Purpose of the book is to help me find a power I don't possess. And my real purpose, step six and seven, Right, is to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and the people about me. We have a great guy to talk about that, uh, Dave. I sponsored Dave for a little while, and uh, I've, I'm glad I got to know him. He's a great kid, and he's going to come up and talk to us about six and seven. Dave, here you are. Hey. My name's Dave, I'm an alcoholic, and I was hoping Glenn was just going to keep on speaking and forget about me, but uh, no such luck, and uh, I appreciate being able to do this. these two steps. I, uh, of all the two steps that I needed to concentrate, can you hear me back there, way? All right? <laughs> that's, some, some, that's, voice, that's voice humor, and uh, I don't need that anymore, and... Uh, I, uh, Pat asked me to come up and do this step. It was December, and at the Raptors, I walked up the stairs. I was minding my own business for a second. Pat says, come on over. Dave, come on over. I didn't, I've had like five conversations with Pat my whole life, and they've been like 25 seconds combined. I thought I did something wrong. And uh, he goes, well, how do you feel about doing six and seven at the retreat? I go. And then he just had a surgery. He goes, oh, and my head goes, oh, he's got the wrong Dave. He's got the, he's got the wrong Dave, you know. So half of me is embarrassed and then, you know, going, oh, God, this is embarrassing for me. And then half of me has got relieved that I don't have to do this. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, thank God. He's like, oh, yeah, it's eight and nine. No, six and seven. I'm all, yes, yes, I'll do six and seven. And, uh, and here I am doing six and seven. And what you guys had to say, Eric and Joe, was unbelievable. Just the, First of all, the balls to come up here and just talk with one of your fellows. There's more love in this room, really, than I believe that there's more love in this room than anywhere else. We earned this love. We earned it. And I earned it through terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair. That was the playing cards that I dealt with. And it was always came to me in the morning when I awoke or came to. And... Uh, 
I, I'm a drunk. You know, I'm a drunk. I, not that I didn't dabble in drugs. I did. But it's Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm a total bedwetting drunk. And uh, I have been since I've been a teenager. It doesn't mean I've been drinking every day or anything else. There's times I swear off with and without a solemn oath. And and uh, 21 years old, I remember this, Travis. This is this is this this describes the phenomenon of craving. The story, and I uh, went to I went to. Uh, and traveled Europe with a buddy of mine. And, uh, of course I drank throughout Europe and I brought my sparkling personality with me. So we had some problems. You know? and, uh, and one of those problems that happened on day 12 is that I got ripped off, uh, 3000 bucks in Rome. Uh, yeah, 3000 bucks. I went two con artists came up to me on the street, me and my buddy, the nicest guys you could ever meet in your entire life. You know, I was, and I'm out of my element and nice was attractive at that point in my career. And they said, we're going to get a few drinks. You guys want to go? And I said, absolutely. We're going to get a few drinks. For sure, I speak your language. And next thing you know, they take us down these stairs. And, and uh, there's, it's an L-shaped booth in Rome. And four girls come next to us. You know, I'm like, this is great. This is fantastic. I drink like eight Heinekens in seven minutes. You know what I mean? Because that's it's just like my old man told me one time I'm trying to put a fire out inside. You drink like you're trying to put a fire out inside you. And that's exactly what it felt like when I drank. And, uh, and they brought the bill, and it was in Lyra. And I didn't know what I was signing. It sounds good. Yo, yo, absolutely. If you have any more, you always bring them out. I'm about to leave. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I signed it, and I signed a bill for like 3 million Lyra, which is like three. It's something crazy. It was like 3,000 bucks. And the lady of the night followed us up because I wanted this to get out. It was shady, but I already had, you know what I mean? It was a shady area. There was a lot going on that I'm not telling you about right now, but it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just too long to t- tell everybody about. about and uh, now we'll t- I'll talk later when we, when I'm when I'm licking the ashtray of the cigar out here. I feel like my tongue is on. You know, I'm smoking so many cigars out here with you degenerates, and uh, it's always some kind of degenerate behavior. I go, do you want to smoke out here? I don't smoke, but I, sometimes I get sick. Oh, it's just it's just two tonight. You know what I mean? I, I'll cut it down a little bit, and uh, so the phenomenon of craving in the story happens when. The trip started to go really piss poorly at that time, and I had to blame somebody, so I blamed the guy I was with. You didn't bring your credit card. I brought my credit card, and now I'm losing my mind in Rome. Went to a different country, lost my mind, split from him, said, that's it. Now I'm on a plane. That dude's on a plane. We're not sitting next to each other. I come in on a plane, and there's a Middle Eastern guy sitting on the aisle. I'm in the middle row, which I'm not too happy about, and there's a seat next to me that's not occupied, so... As soon as I find out that nobody's sitting in the seat, I'm moving over from the guy, and I'm probably not going to talk. We have nothing in common with 21, middle, uh, middle-aged Middle Easterner. You know what I mean? I don't see a huge bond going on at this point in our career. And uh, <laughs> So this kid comes in, and he's got this un- – another kid got an unbelievable person. He's probably one of the con, con artists that I was dealing with. He got a, he's, he's eating an ice cream cone. He, now he's sitting in the seat next to me. He's got the window. I'm not too happy about it. And uh, he goes – He's it's very, very 19 years old. Thank you, very, thank you. you. You didn't get that attention, did you? And now you're helping me. See, that's what that's 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 service. Yeah. We didn't plan that. And uh, and so the kid's eating ice cream cone. He's licking it. He's talking. He's 19 years old. He was working on some kind of deal there. I don't even know what he was doing. I can't remember. He, and then he gets down to the bottom of the ice cream cone, and it's it's a shot of tequila. And he looks at it and shows me the shot, and he takes it. He goes, he looks at me, he says, we might as well get fucked up. And I go, yeah, we should. You know what I mean? And I've been swearing off the last couple of days. This is another, another bad trip that's ended poorly. 
and here I am again. Yeah. So on the flight back from it's Air France, and they give you free champagne bottles. And uh, so now we're too deep, me and him. They're little, they're not big. They're little. And uh, so I look over to me, and the Middle Easterner guy's keeping up with us. He hasn't said anything sneaky. This guy. He hasn't said anything. This is. <laughs> This is before 9-11, by the way, just so you know. So, just so you know. I don't want you guys to get the wrong impression here. And, uh, and, he stopped, and now I'm talking to him. Now I'm breaking down walls. Alcohol sometimes breaks down walls. Sometimes it puts Berlin walls up, you know. And now, now I say, uh, we're talking to him. So I start to tell you, he speaks perfect English. Great guy. He is a Lebanese nightclub owner. That's what he does. He owns two uh, nightclubs in Lebanon. Fantastic. Now he breaks out Middle Eastern nuts, and we're all having a great time. Everyone is having a fantastic time. The guy, now the redhead, the 19-year-old, we got seven down between us. We're laughing this and that. He goes, I'll never forget this. He goes, Dave, Dave, is there a barf bag? Uh, <laughs> dude, the lavatory, we don't even have anyone in front of us. It's just a lavatory door, you know what I mean? And I go, I, I, I think, I assume... You know what I mean? I'm looking through the thing, and he pukes all over himself. Projectile pukes everywhere, right? <laughs> Me and the Middle Easterner fall out in the aisle, laughing our brain, hugging each other, laughing. We're the only two people on this plane that thought that was funny. The only t- for sure. The thing started to smell like a little puke jar. You know, the whole th- his puke started wafting back. He goes to the lavatory. This is his best thing. He's 19 years old. <laughs> He takes his shirt off. He comes back with his shirt off and takes his puke shirt and puts it on the magazine rack in front of us. And he goes to sleep. Falls, he falls out, swear to God. So here comes the phenomenon of craving. I hope to God I'm in the right room. What are you guys going to do? Well, yeah, of course, well, you're going to order another drink, right? So I'm dealing with a male stewardess at this point. So I'm going to take another one. He's just a, a French guy. No, you're not. No, n- n- no, you're not. Like that, like just a disgusting look on... I'm going, this guy's calling me a disgusting fat fuck. Like, that's what I'm saying in my head. I'm thinking, I made up something that he says, I was probably thinking it. Because then he goes, look at your buddy. Look at your buddy. I said, my buddy? I don't even know him. Now I don't, now I don't even know him. I've, I've totally distanced myself from him. And this guy ain't giving me a drink, period. So he brings over the head stewardess, and she says, uh, I think flight attendant's the PC thing, but we ain't doing PC today. Not, not, not in this third, third part. Save that for later. And, uh, and, and she comes, and, and, she, uh, and she says, no, you're really, you're, you're cut off. And, and he's behind her going like, he's this little French look on his face. I told you you're cut off. <laughs> I had enough of this dude. I'm 30,000 feet, I told him. I said, I got up. I said, I said, hey, what does your dad think about you doing a female job? And <laughs> this dude, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I bite, I bite hard. Yeah. I bite hard. And uh, I was mad, you know, real mad. You, now I got seven hours of flight left, and I got nothing to do. <laughs> and, I, you know, I got, I got Puke Boy next to me. He ain't waking up. Middle Easter doesn't like me anymore. Nothing is going my way, you know. And, uh, and that's, that's, you know, that's my drinking career. I told that to Jerry and Dan the other day, you know, at a, at a, at a book study we were doing. And, and uh, I love that story because it's just, you cut me off. You know what I mean? That's, that's it for you. I'm coming after you. And n- no one but Al-Qaeda and a drunk could cause that much disturbance at 30,000 feet. You know what I mean? And Al-Qaeda hadn't even shown us their greatest hits yet. You know what I mean? And uh, that was in 98.
Uh, I love the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous dearly. I, I got I got a wife and kids out of this thing, one stepson and one biological daughter. And uh, that's all because of you guys. 100% because of a God that I didn't believe in when I came in here and took, by the way, I'm doing step six and seven. It took me about 10 years to really have faith in God. You don't know. The six and seven, I go, you do, which was so beautifully done, you guys, with one, two, three, four, and five, one, two, and three, and then four and five, and then six and seven, you kind of take a look at. In the big book, there's two paragraphs on six and seven. One of them is a prayer. So you got to delve deep. I got lucky because my home group was a 12 and 12 at the Valley Club for 10 years. I didn't miss that. for. I missed it 15 times in 10 years, and like 13 of those times were because I was taking an algebra class. You know, I didn't never for only one kind of lame excuse out of blind date. That was the only time I missed that meeting. And I, cause I was into it and the people that I was surrounding myself and Alcoholics Anonymous were into AA. There were no excuses. They would look at you like the, like the flight attendant looked at me if I was missing meetings. It just wasn't one of those things that was acceptable in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I just, I just didn't make it. You know what I mean? It's just, all right. You know what I mean? And that's the end of their time. And I just developed a relationship. Credibility in Alcoholics Anonymous is absolutely huge, I came to find out. And in life in general, it became huge. It's this, it's, oh man, if I get these, if I get this response from Alcoholics Anonymous, I wonder if I could put this into capitalism. You know what I mean? And the answer is yes. You know, and it's unbelievable. Oh, you suit up and show up. That's a big deal? Yes. That's a big deal. You do what you say you're going to do. And uh, so I put some notes together. I had to put, I, I've never done an AA pitch with notes in my entire life. So I'm going, oh God, am I going to be reliant upon the notes? You know what I mean? Like the whole thing is, I just, I did my pitch, my bunk bed last night with some astronomical snoring going on next door. And, uh, but I, I, I my, that didn't throw me off. My pitch kept going and, uh, and, and here it is. And here it is. So. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And, th- and they start with this. This is the step that separates the men from the boys. You know, it, you know that's, that's, a, that's a gnarly statement all by itself. Uh, and then the first few paragraphs describe taking alcohol out of the equation. We ask God, God did, and then you bring all these other character defects that were so well displayed by Joe. Fear and anger. And I thought... Growing up, that the movie Red Dawn that came out in 1981 was a documentary. You know what I mean? I thought that at six years old, that you're right, Patrick Swayze, absolutely got all the credibility in the world. You know, it's uh, we're, uh, I'm going to follow whatever you you've got. One of those RPGs handy, I'll take that. But and my old man was an eccentric, and and I came from a, a upper middle class family, and my old man was just one of these dudes. He was like my best buddy. He wasn't like a father figure; he was a best buddy. And he still is today. He just didn't lead. But he led by example. He's a hella capitalist and this and that. But as, a fa- as far as the father, there wasn't a lot of discipline. So like six years old, underneath the Christmas tree, I was getting a lot of knives and swords. You know what I mean? Like, unra- I mean, really. That's what I was into. I had a job. He didn't understand the job that I was trying to do. When someone came out, when someone opened the window and slid down, I'm going to stab him. You know what I mean? That was my that was my thing, and I was well prepared for that. That was almost like, okay, it's coming. What's coming? It doesn't matter. Just be prepared. You know what I mean? Let's prepare ourselves quickly, and uh, and that's that's you know that's how I grew up, man. That's how I grew up. Uh, and it says, but most of our other difficulty difficulties don't fall under such a category at all. God gave us instincts to stay alive, 
eat, reproduce, to be somebody in the society and his fellows. And then it said, we went further. We far exceeded basic instincts. We don't just deal with basic instincts. We go for the gusto. And even before alcohol, I was riding my little fat ass down to Winchell's Donuts on Lions. It was a Winchell's and a Carl's Jr. right next to it. I'd stop for a 12-er of donuts. And then I go for a double Western bacon cheeseburger and hike my fat ass out right up the hill again. You know what I mean? And I, that's where I live. And that's some of you guys are familiar with Winchell's. And and that was the first twelve pack that I endured. You know what I mean? I was I was so that never gave me terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair. By the way, but it wasn't great for the self esteem either. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and and this is a real key paragraph. If we ask God, we'll certainly forgive our derelictions. But no, but in no case, and this snuck up on me. I don't know if it's going to sneak up on you, but this snuck up on me in this next few lines. But in no case does he render us white as snow and keep us that way without our cooperation. This is something we are supposed to be willing to work towards ourselves. He asks that only that we try as best we know how to make progress in the building of character. So me, I was full fight from reality when I came in here. Okay, how you give me an example of full fight? I got born in a rock and roll tattoo on my back, and I don't play an instrument, and never did. You know what I mean? So if I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> if I'm gonna take that out, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna come in an AA meeting. I'm gonna say, God, you got it. You got it. I'm gonna sit here for a while. You get the rest, and everything worked out. I don't know what you got, but it probably is not what I'm describing right here. You know what I mean? We have to do certain activities in order to stay sober. Hang together or die alone. Take these 12 steps. And and a lot of these things don't happen overnight, by the way. If you're looking for the fast food method in Alcoholics Anonymous, some of these things happen slower, sometimes quicker, sometimes slower, whatever that sentence exactly says. You guys know. Um, uh, it is easier when we stop drinking to let go of the most destructive defects examples nobody wants to be so proud that he's scorned a braggart nor so greedy he's labeled a thief angry enough to murder lustful enough to rape these are extreme examples can we congratulate ourselves for escaping these it wasn't in itself interest pure and simple that it has enabled most of us to escape Not much spiritual effort was involved in avoiding excesses that will punish us anyway. So it's like one of those things, man. We're saving our own lives doing it. Now we go further. Uh, Now, I was in the same meeting the other day, and we were talking about self-righteous anger. And that's a son of a bitch. You know, that's a real son of a bitch. Because nine out of ten times, Tommy was talking. And where's Tommy? Where's Tommy? Tommy? It's like to see your face, period. And, uh... Uh... He's talking about nine out of ten times. He, what, how did he describe it? Uh, it leads that anger leads to regret, and then for me, it leads to embarrassment right after. And I can't deal with embarrassment, so I rationalize why you are the problem right after to get out of the whole thing because I'm tired of all the strain it's putting on my head. So I have to get out of it and switch just to anger as quickly as possible. So we're dealing with that's nine out of ten, nine out of ten times. Then we got the ten percent of the time left over, the self righteous part, where my wife is just a little bit off, and I'm going to straighten her out. 
You know what I mean? I need to straighten her out quickly because if we live like this, we can't be together forever with her acting like this. So, you know, so I'm, I'm chasing, I'm chasing it down. I'm chasing the whole, you know, the whole thing down and I'm driven by the self-righteousness and and that I'm going to correct it and we're going to move forward the way I want it done. Please. We had a little hiccup. I'm willing to forgive, but we're going to move forward that way. <laughs> now, the seven deadly sins. Now we got clean up your act, boy. They let Italians in here. Yeah. Okay. We talk about the seven deadly sins: pride, greed, lust. Envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. I've already been through gluttony. I've already been through wrath. Joe hit wrath. Fantastic. Uh, sloth I got rid of pretty quick because I saw what you guys outlined in AA. I, I, I got sober with some real no-nonsense people in Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, one of the stories I'm going to show, I'm going to talk about in, in step seven, but that's we're, we're not there yet. Uh, so the pride was huge. I mean, just you, t- if you have a one up on me and know something, then it goes right to wrath. You know, I, at least I know, or I'm hoping I could kick your ass. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you're too smart for me, I'm going to tif- take a different angle and I'm going to have to bring you down to size. You know what I mean? Uh, at some point, we're going to have to clear all this up and we're going to have to. And I see that when I see the seven deadly sins, because the seven deadly sins, I, everybody's heard of it and this and that, but breaking them down is, is different. And then at the end of this step, it says, at the very least, we shall have to come to grips with some of our own character defects and take action toward their removal as quickly as we can. The moment we say no, never, our minds close against the grace of God, and delay is dangerous, and rebellion may be fatal. So they ain't screwing around at all. They're using some really strong verbiage that says, you better get your shit together, or King Alcohol may be knocking on your door once again, friend, and you may be doing it all over if you have that opportunity. That's step six. <laughs> step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Now, humility is obviously, you've heard me speak. I mean, it's not something that I, was, I came in here with at all. But as alcoholics, there is a whole process in order to get sober, and you are not doing it without being beaten to the state of reasonableness. You're not, it's, and it's usually not a hangover or two that, that did it. I went to a rehab at 22 years of age. I started getting terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair. You, Eric was talking about the Looney Tune bin, and I was close. Yeah, I went to a rehab. It's the same shit, really. You know what I mean? But they, across the street, they had a real bin. And the, and the only question the psychiatrist asked me, do you think that you're God? I said, I looked at him, I said, huh? Like that? Yes. No. Stay here for a while. You know what I mean? And that, that, was, that was the question. If you answer yes, you're going across in the loony book. Your, your insurance is paying for that side of the equation. And, uh, and, 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 and at 21 days sober, I was asked to leave a 28-day program because I brought my sparkling personality into the meeting with me, to the rehab with me, and they said, dude, we like some of the work you've done here, and, but you're threatening people's lives. I said, I said, absolutely, I think it's time we, I leave too. And the next thing you know, they're driving me home. It was called Anacapa Steps. It's from Oxnard. And the guy 12-stepped me all the way back. He was a fireman that lost his, his job as a result of his drinking. And this guy could 12-step with passion and everything else. And I agree with 90% of the things he said. And we pulled onto Lions Avenue. I knew I wasn't going to do what he said. I just wasn't going to drink. It's just this guy's got a lot. He's full of hot air 
for just not drinking. If I just don't drink, I'm fine. And I closed the door behind me, behind me when I got to my parents' house, and loneliness settled in like I have never experienced in my, in my entire life because I don't know what to do without a drink in my hand. I cannot socialize without a drink in my hand. I have zero idea. They should give newcomers two cans with just sand in them so you got something to hold on to <laughs> at a table. You know what I mean? Just hold on to these, dude, but I don't, just don't drink it. Doesn't digest well. Doesn't digest well. And, uh, <laughs> and so I needed the definition of humility. It's a modest or low view of one's own importance. For without some degree of humility, no alcohol can stay sober at all. So my first taste of humility, when I walked in my, my home group, and I, this, this group was at the Valley Club, but it was an autonomous group. We didn't really want anything to do with the Valley Club, to be totally honest. We thought we were a little bit better than the Valley. We were an autonomous group. I didn't know any of this at first. I just, I didn't know. But they started telling me that you put the money in the basket, and then we pay rent, and then we put all the excess money up the, the arteries of Alcoholics Anonymous, so it feeds alcohol. It doesn't stay at the club level. And I, I was trying to digest it. I don't totally understand what you mean, but I'm glad we're better than, for sure. You know what I mean? That, that, sounds, that sounds good. You know? That part sounds good. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so the new people in the room are, are the people that are asked to read. So he said, you, da, 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 they describe me. So why don't, you, why don't you read chapter five? So I start reading chapter Say Say your name. Say Dave, Dave Alcoholic. And then I hear, and you could stand up too. <laughs> Everyone's sitting down. Now I got to stand up and do my reading. Well, I could read and I could stand, but apparently together the two don't work as well as I thought they did, right? <laughs> so I'm standing up now and I'm sweating out of every orifice, e- everything. I see the, the, the woman next to me pushing away a little bit because if I go down, she's having reconstructive knee surgery <laughs> that night, you know, and uh, – and, and, and my head is, this is a, hopefully you guys can understand this too. Dave, we're going to stroke out. We're going to be stroking out here. But I'm reading in my head saying, we're going we're gonna to be stroking out. You should probably just go through the other door and stroke out in the old club room over there and get away from this madness. And I'm reading, sweating, this and that. So I stop. I sit down. I'm not even happy. You know, it's not, oh, what a relief. I'm just like, God, I'm embarrassed, dude. I'm so embarrassed because I, I want to be cool. I ain't. You know, I'm new. I don't know how to act. I don't know where my life is going. It's, it may be in this room. I don't even know. So at halftime in the meeting, I walk up to this guy I was introduced with. He had the most time in the meeting, and this dude doesn't pull any punches. And he's about to show me why and how he doesn't pull any punches. So I walk up, and I go, hey, I almost passed out during the reading. And he goes, yeah, you were the only one who noticed and walk straight away, and all I see is elbows and asshole walking straight away from me. And I'm going, this son of a bitch. And, and this is the difference between being beaten to the state of reasonableness by alcohol. One, the day before, it may not have worked. The month before, it probably wouldn't have worked. And definitely the year before, I would have told that old man to go fuck himself for sure. I would have tracked him down and got even with him right away. There is de- <laughs> d- delay may be fatal. You know what I mean? I think I just read that. You know what I mean? So I, want, I don't want to miss my opportunity for this old man. I want to go after him as quickly as possible. And I just sat there. And, and, and I didn't do anything. I didn't do it. It was, it. it was the difference between that humility accepting, hey, man. This is his de- – you jumped into the ocean and saw a shark. You go, excuse me, not you. You know what I mean? This is his domain. He's, he's old as hell, 
and he's been in here for a long time. I don't know how many years, but at that time, almost four decades. He's still alive today, 51 years sober. But he showed me something, and he kept on showing me those types of things. Now, humility as a word uh, has a bad time because it's, it's just, I don't know what, Webster's was taking a day off that day or whatever, but humility and humiliation are so close to one another that when you see, you see oh, a lot of people. So I, at 13 months sober, I went to a, I was a, I, uh, a best man at my at my good buddy's uh, wedding, and I was like, God, can I do this? I got I public speak now, so I could probably do that, but they're not drunks, you know what I mean? So, so I get there and I start drinking water like beer. I, I drink. I must have drank fifteen waters in like an, a half, and they're all, "You thirsty?" I'm all very thirsty. I'm very thirsty, you know, and uh, and and then I did I did a speech, and my and this buddy of mine excelled uh, at, at the high school we went to. For, for football and ba- like at a huge level, but he is the one of the most humble human beings that just naturally humble and naturally unbelievably good at sports, football and baseball. And I said that this guy has natural humility and he's marrying a Filipino girl. All the Filipinos are they're, they're laughing because <laughs> they're, they're, they're associating with humiliation, right? And I had to tell him how to straighten them all out. I did an AA pitch on them. I said, this is not the same thing. Okay, you, this is humility versus humiliation. You know what I mean? I told them, but it was funny that they didn't even know, you know? And, uh, and then it says, for thousands of years, we have been demanding more than our, our share of security, prestige, and romance. When we seem to be succeeding, we drink to dream still greater dreams. When we are frustrated, even in part, we drink for oblivion. Never was there enough of what we wanted. We drank to dream still greater dreams. We're restless, irritable, and discontented. You know, that's how we, until we get the ease and comfort of a few drinks. Unfortunately, the phenomenon of the craving kicks in and we can't stop there. And we, I did, for me, I sw- the next morning I start swearing off with and without a solemn oath right away. I try to get my act together. This is how we're going to do it. It, literally with and without a solemn oath. I'll write things on my wall, thumbtack them to the wall. My grandma was the nicest nicest and most lovable human being in my life i would i put her name on there so i can get this thing to a level where i could actually do it and that day i would be drunk again and it, you know it was just one of the, i thought it was the weakest human being in the world why can't i ever stay do what i say i'm going to do and i just become more full flight from reality as a result uh it says the uh, the basic ingredient of all humility is a desire to seek and do god's will uh, the process of humility starts with being beaten into the state of reasonableness. Those are my notes. Sorry. Uh, yeah, let me. I need to read this. We enjoy moments which are something like real peace of mind. Now we're getting better, by the way. To those of us who have known only excitement, depression, anxiety, in other words, to all of the all of this newfound peace is a priceless gift. So to all of us, all we knew is excitement, depression, and anxiety. I mean, what a, what a room to be around. You know what I mean? Uh, where humility has formerly stood for a forced feeding of humble pie and now begins to mean the nourishing ingredient which can give us serenity. I really believe that we get that as a fellowship, it, period. If, if we stop being part of the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, everything that I'm describing here goes away for a drunk. The spiritual malady comes back in. Suicide doesn't sound like such a bad thing, you know what I mean? And 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 the drink creeps up on us, and to drink is to die. One way or the other, our soul is dead. Uh, and then, 
I'm a big proponent of not running. I I was told that by this little Irish fellow that's about as mean as a Wolverine in Michigan. This dude told me one time, pissed off, we don't run. And I wasn't even running. I wasn't even running. And I was pissed off at him because he got pissed off at me. And, uh, and he told me that, and, I, and then, I, and then I, I thought about it later. And how many times in life have I spent an unbelievable amount of time running? I, I spent a lot of time fighting, but really, it was nowhere near the time that I spent running for my problems and staying indoors and trying to keep you guys at bay so I don't have to complicate my life. So I just have time to think, maybe read a self-help book or two. That only, wants to, that only leads to me wanting to kill myself because I'm not being of service to my mankind. I'm escaping again. I have to find a way in Alcoholics Anonymous not to escape. I have to do it. And the only way that I know how to do it is to be a part of your lives and to actively pursue helping another alcoholic which wants to get sober. You know, if you don't want to get sober, I ain't got time. You know what I mean? We got to look. And that, to me, is making it attractive. Coming down and pleading with them, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices me. We just need you. No, no, I mean, we don't really. You know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to make shit up? You know what I mean? We don't. We got a fellowship here. If we lose one person, you know, if you want a drink, guarantee you this place will be, will be in this room next year at this time. I got a, a, a distinct feeling because I see how you guys feel about it. And I see how we feel about each other every Saturday morning when I walk up. Saturday morning is the best meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous I see in Southern California, period, 100%. And it's not just, Pat, why do I think that I said this the other day at the podium? Because at 7.15, there's 30 to 40 guys there. The meeting starts at 8. They come up the stairs. you got guys with cake commitments, bagel commitments, broom commitments, mop they're doing the other retail stores trash in front of their deals. I mean, they are, they're wiping up leaves, all sorts of they're stair people. You can't even get in the door. They've got a big wall now in front of you with guys who don't even know what they're doing. Shouldn't we be letting them in? Just shake their hand, friend. Okay, you just stop thinking, you. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, where you start to really love something. You start to love something that you serve. And the only time that I will serve something is if I love it. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I'll, I'll serve something for a little bit, probably. But, uh, you know, I really, I'm not going to, I'm out of here to blow smoke up your ass. You know what I mean? I'm not one of you, oh, you're a Satan now, huh? No, 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 no. I love Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's the reason I come up here and, and, and let it all hang out. You know what I mean? It's, and, and some, something somebody may say it may sound controversial or whatever, but all I'm doing is what works in AA and what was done for me. Like, I don't want to water it down with 2019 culture. You know what I mean? Like, dude, say what it is. Our lives are at stake. If it wasn't such a gnarly adversary, you know, if we're talking like the Grammys or the Emmys or something like that, eh, whatever. We're talking about our our very lives are at stake from King Alcohol. This is a high-stake deal. So if you can't man up with a men's tag and tell a man that his life is at stake, there's other meetings. You know what I mean? Like, this is our responsibility we call ourselves a men's stag. We got 120 dudes to show up to a meeting. And if somebody's life's at stake, we got to tell them this is how we do it. And if you want to do what we do, then come on board. Laugh when we laugh, cry when we cry, type of thing. Do what we go where we go and do what we do. If that's, that ain't complicated, period. It, it, but it takes effort and energy for me to go out and to be a part of. You know? But somewhere along the line, I fell in love with Alcoholics Anonymous. 
You know, and then I got to fall in love with a woman and I wasn't so scared because I couldn't do it. I couldn't have a woman because, you know, I don't want somebody to watch me wake up with terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair. I don't want you to see the loud mouth before that's got 97 opinions per minute. And then the guy waking up in his own urine in the morning. I don't want you to see the guy in the morning. I don't want the explaining to you. I'll start explaining it. I, oh, God. I don't even know what I'll do. Because, I mean, I pissed on girls doing this. You know what I mean? You know, I got to wake up and they pretend like they didn't get pissed on because they don't want to have the conversation. You know? I, I mean, unless they're, you know, unless, they're, unless they're wearing a wetsuit that I don't know about. But I, last time I saw her, she was in her birthday suit. So I don't think she snuck one on. You know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <working on that. laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks, Dan. That's what I that's what I keep you around for. Thanks for all your help on this too. Dan and I got a chance to bond through these six and seven. I got to go over his house a couple times, bring lunch, eat. I don't do anything without eating. Try. <laughs> And uh, this is very important. The chief activator has been self-centered fear, primarily fear that we would lose what we already possessed or would fail to get something that we demanded. The chief activator has been self-centered fear. So we talked about fear, and now we're talking about self-centered fear. Anything we do that's negative is probably self-centered. So you just put the two together, you got self-centered fear, right? And that, but that's a huge part that I've all, somehow I've always – I told you my home group was a 12 and 12 for 10 years. I read the thing, whatever it was, and I missed the chief activator part the whole time. Those are some gnarly words. Uh, and this, the seventh step is where we make the change in our attitude, which permits us with humility as our guide to move out from ourselves towards others and God. The seventh step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of usefulness to you and to my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. As I go out from here. More constructive action and self-sacrifice. It doesn't say, Dave, just watch 72 hours of ESPN in a row and don't pick up your phone. You know what I mean? It says, as we go out, all these little things are describing constructive action and less selfish and self-centeredness as we go about this journey. Because these are some real ideals that we move towards. And perfection is a big deal for some of you guys, and it's a big deal for me. I fail, I, when I was a kid and I couldn't reach perfection, I quit on everything because it was too much not to be. I, 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 I felt like I had let myself, again, down, and it was too much for me. So I stopped trying. I couldn't take any more negative news. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't be a worker amongst workers. I couldn't, I couldn't, do, I couldn't really make a bond with you. I had to, I had to one-up you. I, that's, it's a spiritual malady that we have. And, and, and my feeling, and I'll reiterate, that if we hang, to, we hang together or we die alone, like, and we do it, we're in a fellowship here. That's what we're in. There's a program of recovery within the fellowship. The, the two entities with God and the fellowship for me are all, for me, they're all one entity. They're all one entity. Without God, I got nothing. With that, the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, introduced me to God. But you guys are the, really the reason I even exist on earth today. 
the bond is that strong. You know, there's some people I don't know in here. It's amazing. I thought I would know basically everybody, but some of you guys are strange faces. I don't know you yet. We'll see where it goes. You know, it's up. To, it's all. It's up. It's up. To, it's up to us to do some footwork and do what we do. Again, thank you very much for everything.